There's got to be a point in all of our lives when something happens and we become a seeker. Okay. Well, welcome back to Seekers of the Eternal. It is long overdue, Chris. I feel like, well, it's the truth. We haven't spoken in, in this form in weeks and I've missed you. Yeah, man. I missed you too. It's, it feels good to be back together again doing yes. this. I know we have so much that we can talk about and so much that we've all, you know, we've been through since since the last time we connected. So I yeah. think this will be an interesting, fun episode. I don't know exactly where it's going to go. <laughs> I have notes. I have so many things that I've been thinking about during the time that I had, you know, I've been out with COVID and I know you've been out with bronchitis. Yeah. And so those periods are always so potent for inner reflection and wrestling your demons and going through all these things, as well as so many other physical and, you know, challenging things that have come up in life. So sure. I guess we'll just kind of get into all of that and see where this takes it. And hopefully this will be beneficial for everybody listening who's going through yeah. a lot of things in their life right now. And, you know, I think about the community a lot. Um, you know, we, 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 we've launched, we've uh, minted out the Genesis passes. We've built this great community of folks who have been so supportive of one another and of us, the, 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 found, the founders and, you know, our artists and our, and our whole team. And, um, but in the process, you know, there's this lull, between one mint and the Hanuman that's coming up. And when life happens, it really does pull us in all directions. And it gets it, it gets eerily quiet when even when you're part of this community. And, and I know that even for myself, I had to, you know, take a step back from being in the Discord every day because of what we were working on behind the scenes. And then, you know, what we what I have going on in my personal life. So I think this this podcast is really important because I think it's going to remind all of our 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 seekers um who are part of our the seekers of the eternal nft project and and those who have just joined us on this journey um that we are still here that we are still inspired and we still are focused on um building something really special mm -hmm. i think it's too it's times like these these lull periods where i think a lot of the real work also gets done um because this, you know, this this thing that we're building here, this community, this project, it's it's happening in a way that is completely organic, and that's how we've set it up. Where we didn't have like we don't sit around in a conference room. Here are our objectives. Here's the you know here's how we're gonna make this successful, and you know uh, blueprint that out, and then go for it like a business plan, marching orders kind of a thing, or it's all laid out. Um, and <clears throat> that's the way that, that I like to work is to allow for creativity and inspiration to steer the ship. And that's also really a lot of what got me started thinking so much in these last weeks, um, this time period about the hero's journey, this idea that has been so potent for my own quest in life 
the first thing that really got me super intrigued about um, the spiritual world or the inner world was through Joseph Campbell. And so that a lot of that, I've been sharing a little bit on the discord with people and um, through some different things and through the, with the meditation group that I've been um, working with, we've been talking a lot about these things and it's, it's resonating really hard with, with everybody that I'm talking to. And it's bringing up a lot of uh, helpful things for me and reminding mm. me of where I came from and, and the things that really got me excited when I was a younger artist. So, <clears throat> and yeah, and by the way, both Jay and I are both kind of recovering from different, you know, I had COVID and I still got some lingering, um, you know, congestion and Jay still struggling, breathing and, and, and speaking. So we're doing our best today with it, even though we're both feeling good. And this, these kind of this lingering symptoms are hanging around, yeah. but that's been a, a big thing for me. Like, <clears throat> and I know you have a lot, a lot of things to share too, of personal um, journey here with it, but I, I was feeling the same thing. It's like this, this, this project that we started, you know, so much um, interest. And so, you know, like the, the, the mint sells out in seconds and all of this kind of thing. Um and then, you know, there's this, this kind of period of, of creation or, um, you know, like we're in a cocoon for a little bit and this thing is, is turning into what it's going to become. Yeah. But, you know, the crickets and the, the, the all that kind of stuff in between, it's like, oh, what are, you know, we have to do something. What are we doing? You know, what am I, I got, you got to finish this, got to like move faster or whatever. Yeah. But it just like the universe just through sickness and through things like that. It's just like, no, just slow down, relax, trust the thing that's been um, guiding you all along. Yeah. It's going to keep doing that and then keep, keep your mind open, keep going inward, keep asking like, what am I supposed to be learning? Where does this want to go? Like what wants to happen here? So mm -hmm. that's, I've been doing a lot of that. Yeah. I think um, the one thing that, I keep coming back to you and I have to almost keep reminding myself is that the well runs deep. And so sometimes when, you know, you, you start to panic like that, like everything's kind of falling apart. You know, I'm sick. My kids are sick. There's a death in my family. Um, you know, we have this incredible project. I have a number of other projects um, that I work on as an author. And, um, you know, some, there's a, sometimes there's a little bit of panic mode that sets in where it's like, if I don't do this now, then, I, you know, then, then there's no more water, water left in the well. I only have this one shot at it. And the truth is you can always go back to the well. There's always water. And I think, um, you know, everything seems to be really cyclical. And um, I'm starting to kind of see that now, like uh, the journey's quest, like, you know, this hero's journey, this idea of, you know, getting to the mountaintop. Uh, it, there's always a mountaintop and you get to the top of it. You, you have to, eventually come back down and climb another mountain. And I know that sometimes when you're, you know, when everything's hitting you really hard, you're just like, I just can't wait till all of this is behind you. And, um, you know, Tom Hanks, uh, I saw an interview with him. They said, you know, what is something that you, you know, wish that someone told you when you were younger? And he said, it's easy. He's like, this too shall pass. He's like, you're feeling great. This too shall pass. You feel like hell this too shall pass. And just knowing, just having this constant reminder, um, you know, there's ebbs and flows in this life. And uh, when you're, when you're going through the war, sometimes it's hard to remember that. 
Mm-hmm. That is that is the key. I think that that really that is a big key to life. Is just yeah, knowing when things are great, enjoying it, and and being happy for that. You know, obviously when it's uh, nice weather and uh, you know you're you're having good interactions with people, you're you're not worried about your finances. Uh, like enjoy those moments, you know, <laughs> and then um and then when they change, also enjoy those moments too for what they are. You know, obviously these things encourage a good mood when things are going well but that doesn't mean that you need them to be like that yeah. in order to be content and happy and to live a fulfilling life because that's the thing that's guaranteed is that it's going to change it's going to be ups and downs and yeah. a lot of times in the downs we learn so much more and grow so much more so maybe those are the actual good moments in life yeah <laughs> So I guess maybe, Chris, if you don't mind, you were just sharing uh, before we we started today, you were sharing with me, you know, the event that you were at and all the prep that went into it and the undertaking um, and responsibility and then how it hit you and how that must have felt. And then, you know, how do you feel now? Yeah, <laughs> that um, my brother and I got to record a podcast where we just like we broke down all of this kind of stuff. Um, but it was, <clears throat> yeah, like we were finishing up the finale event for this big mural festival that we do every year. This is year eight of it. And um, there's so much that goes into getting it prepped, get, you know, you have to set up so much stuff to make this go smooth, where you've got 15 artists, we've got international artists traveling, we've got artists from all over the US and locally as well, and setting up, you know, having all the materials, having everything set up with the the business owners and the building that it's going on and the, you know, the local community and the marketing and uh, all of that, the fundraising, uh, everything so <clears throat> my wife is a big part of that and and I help out I've been like backing away more and more <laughs> over the years but I still like in the two weeks of of putting it on I'm in the trenches and my brother is with with me there as well and so you're you're working really hard and you're making sure that everybody has every the, the big thing that we always want is to make sure that the artists are are having a good time and 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 enjoying being here with us and so we do everything that we can to facilitate that and so we, we go really hard and then we try to put a, a really good um a finale event where probably almost like a couple of thousand people usually show up to that wow. at the end and so when we we set up a, a show where you know you have you have plans for we had a traveling artist a uh, really good friend of mine that was going to be coming and at the last minute she she was having travel uh, visa issues so we had to scramble and put together a whole new show so we had another artist friend of ours eric jones uh, we worked connected with his gallery and got all of this work shipped and crates from California. And then I ended up putting work in and, you know, we're traveling to Miami and picking up work from another artist baghead. So it's like, there's all of it that it takes to like put one of these things on and we're going strong at it and we're accomplishing all these things. And then the night when we're completing um, the gallery event it still had about maybe five hours of work the next day I was going to come in the morning and finish up you know we, we transformed an old space so like all the lighting is 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 uh, art you know like really nice lighting that we had to wire up into the rafters and connect and I'm doing black lights and we're doing projections and all that stuff so we have to 
transform the whole space, wow. clean it up, turn it into like a really cool like space for people to come explore. And so we were doing that that night. And then I walked outside and I just like started shivering and shake, you know, and then I realized, you know, came home and tested and realized I had COVID. Luckily, nobody else at the festival, it's just, just my wife and I, who um, wow. we both got it, but nobody else that we know of um, came down with it. So that was a really cool blessing. But I guess it was just like, okay, you guys, <laughs> time for you just to like uh, stand, be, be behind the scenes for a while. So that hit at a really interesting time where it's like, you don't want it to happen then. You've been working on this thing all year and and then right in the right as you're about to go celebrate the finale, you have to just go home and sleep. So yeah. that was a really, it was a trip. <laughs> I enjoyed at first the, uh, the break. Cause once I so I like to just go with, okay, this is what's happening quickly accept that this is happening. There's nothing you can do. Mm. That was also what's cool about COVID. It's like, you say you got COVID, everybody just understands. Before it would be like, oh, you got a cold? What you, so you, <laughs> you know, like it was more of a like, you're, you know, you're weak if you don't just keep pushing right. through. But here it's like, oh no, I got the, here it is. It says I have yeah, this thing, right. I can't go outside. Yeah. Everybody knows it sucks. So you just say you got it and then you get an excuse to go sleep. So I was just like, all right, I'm just going to sleep. Uh, I'm pretty good at sleeping. I've been working really hard. So just for days, I just laid there and I'm just like, oh, I would wake up and start thinking. I would use my meditation practice and just go back to sleep, go back to sleep. So wow. that must have been so disappointing because <clears throat> you didn't get a chance to see the fruits of your labor to a degree. Yeah, I really wanted to be there for it. And that's always like the nice place where it's like, okay, we can all celebrate everything that we've done. We've got all these beautiful new murals in the downtown. And we've got all these artists that we've connected with and become friends with. And, yeah. you know, you send them off the next day and hug everybody and all that. And you just didn't get to do any of those things, you know. So, that's yeah, right. it's just almost like it's almost like you were never a part of it right. when you just disappear like that, you know. So what was the, I guess, what was the greatest takeaway for you from that experience? Man, there's so many, like, um, I did share some of the stuff that I was going through in the last podcast, but in this, um, it, it keeps, it keeps changing, you know? So I think it'll lead us into what we're kind of going to focus on today is it was really like as as this lingering continuing covid symptoms and this tiredness i'm sure many people know about this feeling it's like you're done you're over the sickness you're not contagious you're out and doing stuff again but you're just still like it feels harder you yeah. know everything just feels harder and the world is like the the dimmer is turned down on everything a bit it's so much harder to like see the world in the like the more brighter perspective that I'm used to um I wasn't able to do so with kriya yoga the the my main practice that I do it's it's all about like actually going into a state of of suspended animation and <laughs> and turning off all of the rather than the energy flowing out to your limbs and your body you focus all of the energy um inward and then move it upwards and you you hold it here and you actually like you you stop the transmission of energy to your body so they say mm -hmm. it's actually when you're sick it's not a good idea to do kriya yoga because it'll it'll impair your body's healing 
um, physically. So I was just doing um, breathwork exercises and some other guided meditations from my teachers and things. So I wasn't on my like full, like, all right, waking up doing, you know, like my full routine. And that's what provides me so much power and, and like, it's like, oh, I can do anything because I can wake up early. I can do my energization. Yeah. I do my Kriya yoga. And then it's just like, go at it, you know? Um, so without that, it was it was like I was feeling so mortal. I was like feeling like my old self before that had trouble waking up, that had trouble like um, going after my goals and my dreams and, yeah. and seeing, you know, having vision and believing in myself. Like all that was just like, wah, wah, wah. Wow. <laughs> you know? yeah. down. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what sparked, you know, like really digging deep and thinking about where where I'd come from, like how I got here. How did I get to this place where I'm actually really going after the hardest thing you could possibly do in, in life, which is to transcend the game and to uh, seek enlightenment. Yeah. That's like the hardest mountain to climb. Like, and I was like, how did I get here where this is like my main focus? And really going back and, and kind of thinking <clears throat> about the process. And it was really like coming back to me as like Joseph Campbell, like when I first heard about him and I heard about the, the this new way of exploring mythology, because I'd always been interested in stories and myths and um, you know, seeing when I talk about the seeing the sacred art in Thailand that sparked mm -hmm. these kind of things and Every, you know, whenever I would see images of Hindu deities, it was just like, wow, what is that? What is right. that? You know, I wanted to know what are these strange esoteric images and these stories and these, yeah. these tales of. Uh, and so that was really what got me first super excited about um, exploring these things and then realizing that they're metaphors for our inner world and the dragons and the monsters and all of our stories and the heroes, like the, the heroes are really us and the dragons are really just the things that are keeping us from becoming heroes. And, yeah. um, and then that, as I was thinking more about that, I was just like, wow, this is, I think this is the way maybe to bridge the gap between um, these seemingly complicated you know, you could call it like what we're doing with the Ramayana and the and and Hanuman and all this. Like, it, there's this it, unless you see it in the right way, it seems like this super foreign. You know, maybe like you think of it as religious, or you have these like barriers that are yeah. like keeping you from like understanding like the true beauty and power and excitement yeah. that you can get from it for your life. Um, so it really just like I was going back and and looking at it in that way. And then I was like, man, I think I think I forgot, like, because I take this now as a, a sort of a prerequisite. I just I just figure everybody knows the, the the hero's journey story. Everybody knows this Joseph Campbell stuff. And I forgot, like, nah, actually, that's super niche. Like, not everybody knows about that's this right. stuff. So I was like, let's take a step back and really explore it from the, my, my earlier self when I was getting into it. And then um, try to just, um, and I think with you and I being able to talk about it in this way, it's so easy to apply it to your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree 100%. I think, um, yeah, so maybe let's get into it a little bit, maybe just a quick overview and um and some of the lessons that you've taken away from it i have obviously i've learned a lot in the last couple of weeks myself but 
you know, like you said, like you can cast your mind back to different experiences you've had in your life where you've slayed the dragon, so to speak. And there's always a bigger dragon. There's always something. And, uh, you know, the question is, it's not a concern whether or not the dragon gets bigger. It's, you know, from every journey that you've, every battle you've had with a dragon and every journey that you've taken, what have you, what have you learned on that, on the course of the journey? How have you developed yourself so that when you meet the next dragon, even though it seems more formidable to the average person, you, you, you face it with that much more courage because you've seen it before and you've learned from some of those other experiences. Um, I think a lot of us, including myself, sometimes you go through the battle and you don't take the lesson. And, and so you have to end up going back and facing the same dragon. And sometimes a lesser dragon can defeat you because you, 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 you get less confident and you don't have the same courage because you weren't really drawing any of the lessons from the experiences that you have had. So maybe we can set the, maybe set the, um, set the, um, the tone for this conversation by maybe giving some context to it. And then, uh, we can talk about, you know, what those lessons are and maybe how, what's the best way to take some of these lessons and, and, and take away so you can be stronger for the next dragon. Yeah, that's, that's totally it, man. It, it's, you stretch yourself a little more every time. And then when you have this framework to, to view what you're doing, it's so powerful to be able to even look at, look at it this way or talk about it this way. There's like yeah. this huge shift that happens in your life when now that you're seeing it this way and you can, we can, and these stories about monsters and dragons are so helpful because we can just look at like, Oh, this is, a, this is a dragon. This yeah. is, I'm, I'm meant to overcome this thing. And the dragon is actually here to help me become better. Right. Um, and it can be, you know, like I, as a, just aesthetically, like I enjoy the, the demons and the, the darkness and all that kind of stuff. Like, I think it has like, um, this, this, you know, facing the darkness and finding the light, like the whole mm. star Wars of, you know, um, overcoming the, the darkness and finding the light. Um, I love that kind of stuff. And yeah. I think the stories help us become brave and, and enjoy the process more because it gives us like a, um, a new perspective to look at it. But yeah, every time we, every time we overcome a, a new dragon, we take the strength, the full strength of that dragon and now it's ours, you know, and then now we get to aim at a bigger mountain, a bigger yeah. mountain, a bigger mountain. And I mean, I love the idea too of the mountain. The ma I, I talk about it a lot too. Of like, I love watching documentaries about like free solo mountain climbers, mm. where you just this person is just hundred percent focused. If they even think about something else for a second, they're doomed, you know. And you're just fully in the present moment. And you're just like, I mean, if you could back up and see yourself on this cliff edge, you know, and they take those big pans back, yeah, you know, you yeah. just all of a sudden you're close up on and watching his put his fingers in the cracks and then it just zooms back and you're just on this like sheer <laughs> vertical right. cliff. And it just like, if you thought about that for one second, you would just like fall to your death. Yes. But so I, I use that in my meditation practice, like. I imagine that I am like the hero climbing this mountain and putting my full focus on it. I can be in this, this full present moment awareness. And then any, any, any sort of huge experience or mental dragon can show up. And it's like, it's, I'm unaffected by it. Like I've actually in the last 
um, it was it was right before I got sick, but it was really close around this time. Um, I started having these just really, I guess people maybe would call them panic attacks, but for mm. me, I can focus and it's not a panic. I'm not panicking, but um, like well, a couple of times I wake up out of a, a deep sleep. And then for me, the experience goes, um, I, I have tinnitus in my ear, so I hear this ringing sound. So I wake up to this ringing sound and then it just becomes louder and louder and louder and louder and louder until it just sounds like the, the entire universe is just like screaming and exploding. And, I, and I'm just in this state of like complete sheer terror. It feels like it just feels like I am experiencing the, the terror of the entire planet all mm -hmm. at once. And with my meditation practice, like I, I practice for um that whenever I have something like that happen, like I practice to be able to focus at, at the point between the eyebrows and chant Om. Mm -hmm. And um, so for me, like when that happens, I go, Oh, we must've got hit by a meteor. Like maybe the house is on fire and I'm dying, you know? And, and I'm just like completely okay with that. Like right. I actually, from all of my, my hero's journeys into the world's unknown and the darkness, I'm actually completely, I can say like, I, I welcome it, you know, like if, if I go to, and so I say in my mind, like, oh, I'm dying, like, oh, great, I'm dying, I'm chanting Om, I'm keeping my gaze uplifted at the point between the eyebrows, there's nothing better that could be happening right now, wow. you know, um, so I, I was, uh, that was another thing that I was learning during this, um, this process of going back and looking at the hero's journey, a lot of it is about like, you know, going outside of the world that you know, into the unknown world and, um, you know, being brave and that sort of thing. And I was like, actually, you know what, like, <laughs> I'm way more comfortable going into the darkness of the inner world. I'm very comfortable in that place, like actually way more comfortable there than in the physical world. Why is that? <clears throat> I don't know. I think it's just, I, I think I just have a, um, uh, I, so I guess, I guess I would say like, I was thinking about it a lot this morning. It was coming up in my meditation too of, uh, because I sort of know what to do in, in that realm and I realized uh, something that was coming to me, maybe I haven't really talked about this ever, but maybe it'll come out while, while we're talking about it is yeah. in that realm, I know what to do. Like I have my practices, I have my guru, I have the, the teachings, I have these techniques that I've been working on. I have this ancient knowledge by awakened masters that say, this is how to do it. And, yeah. and I've been training my mind to do it. So I just know what to do. I just go into my my state and 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 practice my my techniques and mm -hmm. tune into love, you know, non-duality. Um, you can chant the word Rama, which is the most ancient word for God, and it just you can focus on the light. You can focus on non-duality. You can focus on the goodness, which. Mm -hmm. It, it, it just makes everything else irrelevant. There is no darkness when you're just completely focused on the goodness. So Yogananda says, calmness is invincibility. You can, with calmness, you can stand unshaken amidst the crash of breaking worlds. So that's, I'm just like, okay, the thing to do is to just remain calm. You chant your mantra, focus at the point between the eyebrows and then let the world be destroyed. Okay, mm. fine. <laughs> 
And so I'm very comfortable doing that. And then, but then when I find myself in the physical world, I realized, and this is during, during the sickness, I was realizing there's always this under, there's this, there's this, um, there's this anxiety like running under the surface of, of my mind and in my heart or something. Just like I'm, I'm, I'm like nervous about the future, worried about what's going to happen, worried about my abilities, worried about like, you know, um, I think a lot of it comes from like, I was born with hip dysplasia. So like physically I've always had a weakness. Um, I'm kind of short, like kind of small person, you know, like I'm not physically strong. Mm. Um, I have a lot of trouble with like navigating directions. Mm. I'm bad with maps, like finding my way around uh, places. Um, I, I hate like thinking about money. I hate like, uh, negotiating money. I hate trying to get a good deal on something. (laughs) Whatever they charge you, you're paying it. Yeah. Like I love traveling, but I hate like getting, getting out of the airport. You know, you land in a, in a foreign country, you get out and you just want to like get a, you just want to get a car to your, um, hotel, but you have to like deal with a person who's like, trying to like rip you off like super hardcore because you don't know like how much of you know the the currency translates to just yet and he's gonna like take you to a brothel karaoke bar because he gets a commission there instead of your hotel you know and just like try to sell you on all these and i just hate that like i don't (laughs) yeah so the world kind of feels like that to me a lot you know it's just like a bunch of people trying to scam you or rip you off and Um, so, <laughs> so you'd rather I, wrestle with those inner demons than, than having to deal with some of the demons you have to face in the physical world. Yeah. I feel like I'm more comfortable in that. Um, but then it's also too, in the physical world, you're also around other people and friends of yours who in, so, okay. So say if, if you drop me off in, in Thailand and I had nobody else to worry about, I would find my way where I need to go. I would yes. meet the people that I would need to meet. I would yes. like be fine. Yep. But if I was trying to do that with another person who had no, who didn't want to play the game on this level of like, let's just see what happens. Let's just trust our instincts. It'll all work out. It won't go the way we thought, but it'll be an adventure. Yeah. Like, so when my brother Matt and I, we play that game, like we can, we do it like that. But um, my wife, who's like a master of the physical world, you know, she can, she can navigate the, you know, the train station in China. She can, you know, figure out how to, you know, she, she, her brain works like a supercomputer. It's always yeah. like running the algorithm and then like, okay, this is the best choice to make in this, in this scenario. Yeah. And so like, we're like these two opposites, you know, <laughs> like she's running all those crunching those numbers where I can't, I can't even fathom like working in that way. And so it's just like, uh, I have this weird sort of gis- disconnect between the spiritual realm and the, and the physical mm. world. And I'm trying to balance the two uh, in a way that, you know, is like palatable for other human beings. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. So when you think of the hero's journey, how would you define it in an elevator speech to people who are unfamiliar with it. So the, the hero's journey, it's, it was that term, I believe was actually coined by Joseph Campbell. <clears throat> and 
in studying, comparing all of these myths from around the world through different times and cultures, seemingly maybe never even met each other, you started to realize that within all of these 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 hero stories of heroes and 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 villains and um, monsters and gods and goddesses, that there was always this under there's this 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 same blueprint there is this pattern that emerged mm -hmm. and he started to realize that there is this almost um, archetypal pattern that is within us as humans that gets expressed through our stories and and even if we don't have a culture of storytellers and poets and writers then actually those things will come to you even in your dreams that same archetypal story blueprint of the hero on a quest mm. to overcome the dragon, to go beyond the, the known comfortable world into a new world of the unknown as this reluctant hero forced into it, and then to um, overcome, slay the dragon, gain favor of the gods and boons and um, inner gifts of new mm. spiritual understanding, new um new new gifts to share with the world and then to come back and to actually share those gifts yeah with the world and and that he was saying is is this this hero's journey story and it's in every uh all of our popular books and novels right. and movies so i think of um <clears throat> okay so <clears throat> the other the other side to it is we're also in a world where um it's like that first world mentality where you know you you get this privilege to experience something where it's like I could get I can get beat up and torn apart but I live in a place that has uh the support systems and the resources that I need to get back on my feet but we also live in a world where even in that environment where we, you know, we live in a place where there's these support systems and the resources available to people, we see people fail um, miserably and we see people going through the worst journey um, you've ever seen and they get defeated by it. You know, we see lots of homeless people. We see lots of folks. And I'm not talking about people with, you know, maybe mental health um, or mental illness. Uh, who are dealing with variables that may be out of their control. But we've seen lots of people that just get defeated by the journey and, and still get up and try to get in there and, and slug it out, but just keep getting pushed back down. And there's these, those anomaly, anomalies where it's the hardest, hardest journey ever, and they still come out. And we see them on celebrated on TV and social media, but we also see a lot of people around us. And sometimes it's not just the, you know, the person, a homeless person on the street that you you know, that you walk past, it's sometimes a family member or it's a friend who just seems to continuously be defeated. And sometimes that can infiltrate your mind where it's like, if this is, if this is all about slaying dragons, why are these dragons defeating these people around me? So how do we, how do we, um, how do we mesh the two? How do we, cause I know for ourselves, we're, we all, we're happy to be in this fight, but what about the people that we love or maybe the people that we've witnessed that have been defeated by the dragon? How do we yeah. put that in the context? <clears throat> yeah, that's of course a big part of it. I think also too what we 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 fail to realize a lot of times is these people that we see that are at the top of their game, how many times they failed first before mm -hmm. they actually got the movie deal or the book or novel uh, published or 
the, the you know anybody ever took them seriously so many times they had to fail before they got to where they are now you know you athletes and everybody is like that you myself included like it's a big part of <clears throat> of of my journey i've i've always been someone i think i've been a, i've been pretty fearless i think um that's what sort of played into my well, one second yeah <clears throat> I think what played into my uh, fearlessness as as an artist and a, as a um, you know, psychedelic adventurer, I've always had this really kind of fearless mindset to just go out and, and go after what I what I want to do. Um, when I find out what that is, so, so uh, I've I've done these big projects. Um, I've I've tried this before as like trying to leap away from being a commercial illustrator, you know, yeah. like. I, I made that my, that's like my day job, you know, that's what I went to school for. That's what I was going to make my living on. But I was always trying to like go out beyond that. Um, so I did things where like <clears throat> I was doing hero's journey stuff with luchadors as characters in the, in the myth. Um, that mm -hmm. was really what I was doing when I was working with the, the wrestlers and creating those characters and working with my friend to write the stories. Yeah. It was really the same thing. I want I was doing um, I wanted to write our own mythology with real life superheroes that you could watch battle in a ring and then you could read the stories. And we were you know, the idea was we were going to really continue on with this. This was going to be like a big thing. And um I had I had done these shows and um, I felt so good about what we were doing. I loved it so much and it was getting so much like people that came to the shows really loved it. And the idea was that we were going to do these these couple of shows. The first one that I did, it was like putting wrestling in the most beautiful places. So like I rented out a like a place that you would have like a nice wedding reception in, you know, and then I got a wrestling school to come like set up the wrestling ring. Wow. and We set up all the lighting and we had like professional sound. We had like you could even it, it was too full inside. You could be outside watching it on like a big screen. We had yeah. like real um, sports photographers and videographers recording it. We had we actually had a ring announcer that used to work for WWE, like in the ring announcing. Oh, wow. We've had. Yeah, the whole the thing was grand and huge. And the idea was that we were going to do these shows. And then I was actually working with Modelo at the time, the uh, Cerveza beer mm -hmm. company, um, <clears throat> doing illustration work for them. So I was like, OK, they're going to sponsor this. Um, Lucha Libre is going to be huge in America, like very soon. Like we're right at the cusp of this thing. Yeah. And I know that this would be huge. And I had another friend that was working in promotion and good at putting on big shows. And we were like scouting like giant stadiums to do these like big shows in and stuff wow. and to continue doing artwork with it. And I was 100% sure like that was what I was going to do with my life. Like we were going to wow. like make these, you know, real life superheroes and put on these and they were going to be art shows, you know, Um. So, but I, I did it, you know, I did it once. Okay. We, you know, we made these amazing pitch decks. We had all this stuff was like, so it was like, I was like 
there's no way this is not going to work. Like here, here's what your, your, your advertising dream is to like, you know, sell Mexican beer in America or, you know, we were also pitching to monster energy and some other brands and things. It was like, this is perfect or Red Bull, you know, like this, we have your whole like marketing for the year, like let's do this, you know? And, um, that, so the first one didn't work. So it didn't, we didn't get the, the sponsorship with that one. So I was like, all right, let's do it bigger, better. We'll do it, you know, do more. So, you know, like I kept adding to it. The next one had like projection mapping um, uh, video, like around all of the walls in the space. We transformed like a hundred year old theater. We had like lasers and fog machines. Wow. We had like live uh, DJ that was making music like in Thailand, um, when I went to Thailand and watched kickboxing, they they would have like a small band on the side. So when the action was happening, it was like a a movie scene. No with way. Music, you know. So it's like dun, 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 that's dun, pretty cool. And, yeah, and the music would go up and down with the tempo of the match. Wow. So I worked with a DJ and showed him like what they were doing in Thailand, and I was like, yeah, let's match this with like music and sound effects and things like that. So it was like you were watching it happen in a movie, and yeah. we had like ring announcers that were calling the match and telling everybody what the moves were. So it was a really exciting way to watch. Wow, Lucha. Um, and so it's like, okay, yeah, this next one, it's hot. It's like everything that I wanted is in this. Like this is it. Um, we had amazing new costumes. I was working with a costume designer. She had like, she made these costumes where people were walking out like 10 feet tall on stilts, you know, and um, it was just like amazing. So I was like, okay, this is going to work. This is it. Everything again, like we've been, we pitched it for months and months and showing everybody this thing. And both times, like huge, complete, like monetary failure. No way. Who funds yeah, something like, like that, Chris? Like who puts all the money in? Is that self-funded? Yeah. So for me, it was wow. self-funded. Like I would, <clears throat> I believed in it so much that it would be like, okay, I, I need this. I need the money to do this. And then as I, as I would think about, this is what also too kind of got me hooked on working this way. Um, I would, I would be like, all right, I need this amount of money to pull this thing off. And then um, I would just kind of like use my imagination. Like, all right, this money is going to come in from somewhere and and then really quickly within like a day or two i would like get a email from my agent hey we got this project it needs to happen pretty fast you know um you can get you know 20 grand for it whatever and i'd be like okay sweet cool this is it and then i would just bust my ass and doing this thing i would get it and then so i never saved any money really i was always bad at like actually (laughs) saving money but i just always wanted to do something at least you were trying to invest in yourself and your vision that's pretty good Mm -hmm. Yeah, I never had like an interest in spending money on stuff or, th- you know, like it would always be in, on an idea right? or putting something on for people that to enjoy. Right. Um, so but I did that a couple of times. Yeah. A couple of times. And that's hard earned money that you could have used for other things. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'm with you there. So then what? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was like, I could have had money and be doing okay and just having my career. And of course, like, that it's like when you're married too and you're doing stuff like this it doesn't go over that well no, it's like, my okay God. <laughs> you know how do you just just say like i want to keep trying 
when you just failed twice at two things that you thought you did to the best of your ability right. and you thought you gave it everything that you got and it was exactly what you planned on doing and you did it against all obstacles and so like it was a real huge like kick in the stomach for me I, I think bet. having that happen and then you question you're like oh maybe Maybe I'm not, you know, maybe the ideas that I have aren't like very good or, you know, maybe it's the whatever you start to think about yourself. And like, so like, so I've definitely had those, those times. And um, so it's always just like, okay, just go back to, uh, why don't you just go back to like drawing pictures for ads, you know, or just doing the client projects. It's like, I it's so much less stress it's so much you know all the I would just work so hard on like doing that stuff plus like putting on these events or whatever I was working on yeah so it's like why don't you just go back and do that like forget about these loftier dreams you know you're making art you should be content with that just do that you know yeah (laughs) So I tried to do that for a little while. Like I was like, all right, just give up on that. Like I can't be just wasting money like this anymore mm. and all my time. And, <clears throat> and so I was doing that for a while. And and that was, I think, where I had my breaking point in 2020 during the lockdowns where I just mm. like, I was actually still doing, I had really, even during that time, during the lockdowns, I was still getting good projects from my agent. I still had like, um, big stuff coming through. I was doing like posters for Jimi Hendrix and was getting ones for Rush and different stuff, like all stuff I would like to do. Yeah. But I just like found myself like so much like wanting to do my own, my own things. And I just like, couldn't, I just like, couldn't force myself to keep working on these commercial projects. Like I just didn't have it in me to do it. So it was almost like that. So like, this is like in this, this hero's journey thing, um, you get this call to adventure, whatever it is, like it can be an inner turmoil, can be some kind of crisis that happens to you in your life. Yeah. Just this call that's coming and you can't deny it, you know? And um, that was, was happening to me. Like, I just was like sitting here trying to work on these things. And I'm like, I just can't force myself to do it. And then it started coming into my mind of like, I just want to to work on sacred art. I I, I only want to work on sacred art uh, wow. because my meditation practice <clears throat> during that time became so strong. Um, so it's like in between, you know, letting go of my dreams for the the lucha events, which now I actually look back on, and I was like, I I'm happy that my higher self didn't get me those um, those uh, sponsorships. Right. Because it would have taken me off in a far left direction rather than the one that it took me to, yeah. which was just, okay, now that, I, now that I'm not doing all these projects, focus on your meditation practice. Right. And that's what I did. I put all that energy into focusing on meditation. Um, I started meditating every day. When I, when I meditated for every day for about a year. I then um, learned about my, my, uh, my guru Yogananda and my path of Kriya Yoga. And I found that, and that was what was becoming more, so much more fulfilling. Right. And then having the pandemic lockdowns where now you can't go see your friends. Now you don't have distractions. It's just you and your house. And that was when I was like, Oh, this is perfect. I got Kriya initiation 
<clears throat> and then I just started like putting all of my extra time into meditation. Wow. So that big loss, the, the couple of really big losses allowed you to almost find your focus. And I guess that's the beauty of the heroes. That, that's the essence of taking something away from the battle against, you know, the dragon and finding the light in the darkness, um, you know, because now you have this phenomenal um, artistry that flows from you, you know, with every Hanuman that you produce, um, you know, with every gallery or mural that you that you're a part of or that you put together. It's it seems like it's coming from a very pure place. You know, it's genuine. It's honest. It's sincere. You're passionate about it. And it resonates with everybody. And I think that's, to me, pretty cool. Um, you know, when you were talking about, like, there's a uniqueness of um, experience um, to, obviously, everyone's journey. But it's interwoven into every culture and every time and every place um, we are all on. We can all potentially be on this hero's journey. I think that the lessons and the achievements that you get on those hero's journey, if they're honest and they're genuine, they're instantaneously relatable to everybody on the planet like whether it's a piece of art or a book or a um a documentary or a ted talk there's there's something there's something so um connective to for everyone it's why you know certain videos go you know viral or certain speeches or certain movies or or books they they seem to resonate with with cross-culturally uh, like the alchemist uh, by Paulo Quillo, I think um, it it when it's written or when it's when it's born from something so pure, when someone you can tell is just written from their heart or created from their heart, um, everyone is attracted to that. And so, um, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad that I know that you went what you went through is it was hard, but I'm glad that you went through the journey and that you were able to have some takeaways because what you're producing now is something so special that it's not just for you; it's for for all of us to be a part of, you know, and that's kind of what Seekers of the Eternal is, you know, it's, it's kind of born from, from your pain to a degree. Mm, thank you for that. I, I really appreciate that. And those insights are really, are really valuable. Um, <clears throat> and that's, yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you on that. Um, that approach to looking at it. Um, because that's also too, what I realized that um I was meant to be doing was to <clears throat> be creating things that just like you said that everybody could see it and then use it in their own life you know to help other people with whatever art that we're making yeah that yeah. it could be translatable to others in in their journey um I feel like what was what was happening too as a, a crisis for me it was just like making art it's it can be such a ego trip mm. you know, like oh i'm a, i'm this person i i make this stuff like i develop this magic trick now i make i do this magic trick and everybody plods it you get you can get so hooked on your own ego and think yes. you're so great and yes. what i think is really cool that's happening and i and i've been noted with psychedelics i think it gives you meditation practice you start to see like where the future is going earlier than um, maybe a lot of people around. Uh, I was just like, so over like 
just put out, just make a cool picture, put it on Instagram and, and, you know, get a lot of likes and, you know, get commissions and make something, something palatable that the most people will dig. Um, but I just kept seeing like, that's a really like a dying thing. Like mm. if you think about right now, like jump even just back a few years to where we're at now, if you're an artist and you think you can get away with just making cool pictures and hiding behind that and like not letting anybody get to know you or your deeper message or your story or um, what you're trying to offer the world, it can't just be pictures anymore. It can't just be writing a, a song anymore, even like this, this new era of, of the world, like it, it need it wants to know you. It wants to know your story. It wants to participate it wants to, you know, we have to have like a world that we're creating where others can join in with us. And I think that that's sort of like a crisis that we all have to go through. I, I was having like a really difficult challenge just, <clears throat> you know, like it, to stand out in this world where there's so many good artists, there's so many people making amazing stuff. And that clutter, everybody starts starts to feel it even like artists of mine that I've been that have been my heroes that I've been watching forever like they're all feeling the same sort of like um you're just like a tiny little drop in the bucket of like all of this stuff in the world now um and I actually got to a point in my life where I was like okay like even I got to a point where it's like even if I'm not an artist anymore I'm okay with that you know even if I totally lose my superpowers or nobody cares about like the artwork that I'm making, if everybody stops liking my posts or buying my stuff, I had to go through that as part of my hero's journey. I think that was maybe that, uh, you know, venture out into the forest that was scary for me was yeah. just like, okay, uh, imagine yourself as not doing that thing anymore. What if you don't need that as part of your identity? Would you still be, uh, okay with who you are right and I had to I came to terms with that and actually felt like really free and then after that I got more invigorated to start making art again yeah and I think we all have to kind of like go through that too <laughs> yeah I think um and then coming to the realization that it doesn't have to be for everybody whatever we produce and create and put into this world it doesn't have to be, it's not for everybody. Um, it's, it's for, it's, it's for someone and it's for a lot of people, but it's not for everyone. And it applies to everything, music, art, drama, you know, um, stories, religion, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's, everyone has these unique. And I think sometimes we get so caught up trying to be all things to all people or to create something that everybody likes or to say something that everyone agrees with, you know, you can't, you can't go through, you can't go through this world trying to, I think that's actually the surest way to failure is to try to please everybody. Um, you just have to, you know, find a way to be true to yourself. And I think that you'll attract, you know, those people uh, that you're supposed to attract. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. That that's it. I actually wrote down a quote from Rumi that, that plays on this. This is from that documentary that I shared on the discord called finding Joe. Yes. <clears throat> Deepak Chopra shared this quote. He said, I want to sing like birds sing, not worrying who listens or what they think. 
and how that really is the key. If we can do that, then then we can do anything. If we can sing like birds sing, not worrying who listens or what they think. Um, another quote from Joseph Campbell, he said, what will they think of me must be set aside for bliss. You know, like totally taking out of your mind, like what will everybody think of me? Will they like this? And if you want to follow your bliss, you have to completely like just remove that from your yeah. being. Yeah. Um, so I guess that that kind of leads us into another part of um, we'll we'll kind of like, I think, break down a more like uh, put together a succinct, like break down this hero's journey. This one, you know, like we're getting into this and I knew this was going to be kind of a raw episode where we're just kind of like sharing and, you know, here's, here's where things are at. And yeah. it's all kind of like in this primordial ooze phase right now. And it's m morphing into like what it's going to become. Sure. But with this, you know, the, so this hero's journey, it's the separation, the initiation and the return is the, is the real pattern of, of every hero's journey. Um, I thought this was really cool. This was this was also in that documentary from Deepak Chopra talking about that there are these archetypes. There's these archetypal um, deities, characters in all of the hero's journey myths that go beyond like, so Joseph Campbell talks a lot about the difference between um, archetypes in dreams or dreams that you have that are are just coming from your own personal psyche your own personal mm. fears and then there are these archetypal dream patterns that you have that i have if that you could look back into history look back into mythology compare and find out what that dream is trying to tell you yeah because it is a it's it's for it's like something in our ancient dna that is is coming to the surface but then there's also those other dreams where it's just you're just re, you know difficult things in your life are coming up and there are these weird wacky things you can try to figure out what those are in other ways but the the archetypal dream patterns are common to us all it's yeah. like this collective unconscious that we can access um, so Deepak Chopra, he said, archetypes are primordial encapsulated stories that act like seeds in our consciousness. When we tune into these mythical journeys, we plant our seed, we plant this seed in our consciousness. Then that seed starts to, to sprout. As it sprouts, the patterning forces create the situations, circumstances, events, and relationships for the unfolding of the story in our own lives. So this, say if we're like looking into the Ramayana, the, mm. the Ramayana story, we, we are planting this seed in our mind of these archetypal heroes journey. That seed begins to sprout in our minds. And then as we put energy into this, we have interest in these things. As it sprouts, the patterning forces, you know, synchronicities start to change, line up, that the situations, circumstances, events, and relationships in our own physical life 
start to match the pattern of the hero's journey myth that you've been tuning into. Yeah. And then you become the hero in the story. You use the story to guide you through your situations. You go, I'm going to be like the hero. Um, that's a dragon. I'm meant to slay that dragon. Because you've been reading the myths, the story, you know what to do when the thing comes to you in your, mm. in your life. And that's how these have been used throughout the ages. Love that. I love the fact that we all seem to be connected. We can, like, we can all draw strength from it. Do you know what I mean? Like this hero's journey. Somebody else has walked this before. Somebody else has slayed a dragon. Uh, that collective consciousness that we all have access to. I feel like we sometimes feel like we're on this road by ourselves. And it seems so long, right? My wife is different. My kids must be different. No one's going through this in their house. Um, my job, no one has a boss like me. No one has the same level of response. No one went through what I went through as a child. I think you always kind of put things through your own filter. And the more you do that, um, you can feel very alone and the journey can seem long. And then other lessons that other people have learned and shared that collective consciousness, you can't access it. If you keep thinking that yours is so different, you have mm -hmm. to know that you have to um, remind yourself that we are, we are all more alike than unalike. And that yeah. those lessons that other people have, have like ancient traditions that people have, have journeyed through these, these gurus and these awakened masters. It's like, they're, they're, they're screaming, they're screaming at us. You don't have to, you don't have to go through this alone. You don't have to learn this for the first time yourself. You can, you can, you can have access to all of this so that your journey doesn't feel so, so, so hard and your dragon doesn't have to feel so, so big and so fierce. Yeah, that's it. That's it. There's so much power in just knowing that. Yeah. And also we think that nobody's watching our movie, like, mm. you know, God is watching your movie and is super entertained. So true. <laughs> watching it out of your eyes, actually, yeah. and experiencing it through you. Like, that's why all of this exists, because God is is actually just this is a, 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 Yogananda calls it a nest of fun. Mm. <laughs> and <clears throat> I, I keep getting this this feeling that really there is only only me in this whole thing. Like there is only one single consciousness mm. and it just is, it thinks that it's all these different people. It thinks that right. it's like, I'm separate from you. It thinks that is, but there is only one singular consciousness yeah. watching the whole thing, experiencing the whole thing beyond space and time. So there's infinite time and space to explore and experience it all mm. well we just get tricked into thinking that you know i'm just here by myself i'm in my own thoughts there's i have you know there's but there but it is really like just you exploring all of this and actually when you wake up everybody wakes up like the whole thing wakes up it's just yeah. like it's just you. You don't yes. have to like convince anybody of anything. Or when you wake up, you see the whole world as beautiful and as as everybody as one singular consciousness yeah. and souls. And so, don't worry so much about fixing the whole world. Or just yeah. just be the hero in the story, and then keep climbing bigger and bigger mountains. Like yes. I had no idea that I was going towards um seeking enlightenment in my life. <clears throat> like I thought. 
I was just going to put on cool, like, you know, art shows and do these things. And, and then it leads one mountain to the next, to the next. And then all of a sudden you're aiming at the biggest mountain. Yeah. Um, so you don't know where it's going to go. Just keep being the, the hero in the story. Yeah. And I mean, like, as a reminder, you know, in Star Wars, that, that, that clip in the, in the, um, the video that you shared with me when um, Luke Skywalker, you know, he thinks it's, it's, the light versus the darkness and he has to defeat Darth Vader. And when he finally does and Darth Vader's mask comes on, he sees his own face, you know, he says his father and he sees himself and his father. And he realizes that he's been the, the greatest, you know, he, he's been fighting himself the entire time. And um, it's that realization, I think for, for all of us, all these external factors um, sometimes feel, you know, um, we feel so far removed for them. Like, why is it happening to me? And we don't realize that, you know, sometimes we create, we create our, we create our own experiences. Maybe we create all of our experiences. Yeah, we do. We're, yeah. we're, we're co-creating this adventure with ourselves. Yeah. yeah. That's what's the cool thing that you realize is that, I mean, it's terrifying because then now you're the one in charge. You're the one running the show. So if you don't like the way it is, the only person you could blame is yourself. Yeah, it's true. I, I realize, you know, like what I was saying is I, I, I realized that I had this underlying tension and anxiety and fear about the future of the physical world. Mm. That's going to manifest itself in, in my experience in the world. But if I spend some time during my day, like, okay, catch yourself, like, okay, here's something we can all do. You catch yourself um, dooming, you know, doom and gloom in your mind, worrying about the future. We all do it. You'll, yeah. you know, like, like imagine like a warning light in your car, whenever you're just going, am I feeling, am I feeling good right now? Like, mm. <laughs> and, and if you're not, then if you're not, then start imagining some, you know, daydream about some cool possible future thing, like daydream about some fantasy about uh, something that could happen in your life that would be super cool and that you'd really enjoy. Yeah. And just spend more time doing that. Why don't we do that? Why do we use our, why do we misuse our memories to drudge up things that we don't like? Why do we use our wonderful imagination to imagine things going wrong and being yeah. scared about everything catch it if you catch yourself doing that this is what i'm trying to do is just just start purposefully think about like cool things that are going to happen and then yeah there yeah i i mean if you don't agree with that <clears throat> try it because what's the harm in it you know i sometimes kind of feel like sometimes you're like oh you know it's that's you have such a having such an optimistic outlook or being positive all the time, like, like things aren't like that in the real world. Well, it's still a choice. You, you still have a choice. I think, you know, perception and perspective is, is, is choice, you know? And so mm -hmm. I, I've met people that have looked in the exact same situation com in completely opposite ways. And I, I continue to do that throughout my life. Um, you know, part of what I was dealing with uh, in the last couple of weeks, but it was a death of my, one of my um, great aunts and, um, you know, talk about a, a hero, a phenomenal woman. She was born with CP, um, you know, she's on this earth for over 70 plus years and um, never complained once, you know, had a tough, tough life, never complained once. And, um, you know, 
she she bowed out gracefully, but she fought. She had cancer, and she 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 fought tooth and nail. And um, you can look at her life. It, you can look at her life and think, oh, what a shame. Or you can look at that life and think, what a beast. And like, what an example that she set, you know, for all of us. And again, you know, it's it's all perspective. There's a sadness associated with it that I think everyone can relate to. But, you know, you would hope that every experience in life, everyone, every hard, the, the worst experience, you know, teaches you something, or at least you, you choose to see something positive in it. Because otherwise, then it's, then what is it for? You know, wh why did that experience occur? Sometimes you have to, you know, I, I hear that all the time, right? Like some people are like, you know, things happen for a reason. And then it's like, not everything happened for a reason, right? Like, how can you say the Holocaust happened for a reason? Or there's some atro atrocities that you can't necessarily understand, or maybe it, you know, you'd hope that it never, it wouldn't have had to be as bad as it was, but in any, in any given situation, um, as dire as it is, you know, there are some people who, if it wasn't as bad as it was, wouldn't have learned a specific lesson about it that helped to make this world a better place. So, you know, I think that we all have that choice, regardless of the situation and uh, to, to take something of value. I think we have a responsibility to do that from our own personal journey, as well as other journeys. Yeah, that's beautiful insight, Jay. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. I like that yeah. a lot. <clears throat> it makes me think, uh, one second. It makes me think back to um, this idea of trusting the universe. Um, I remember a time where I didn't trust the universe because of the things that you're talking about, seeing the atrocities in the world, seeing that as soon as you land on this, the soil of this earth, you know, you're fighting for your life. If you're even if, if you're an animal, you know, mm. a sea turtle, <laughs> you know, it's is so born true. and then just has to swim out into the ocean and all these predators and it just feels like that. This is a world like Joseph Campbell says, this is a world of that life feeds on life. You know, yeah. this is a meat grinder. This is not, this is not for the faint of heart. Like yeah. this life here on earth is a duality. Every, every up is a down, you know, every time you have a triumph, there's going to be a, a failure behind yeah. it. Yeah. Every time you're, you know, so this, this world is, is, uh, I didn't trust it and I didn't trust whoever was in charge of it. I'm, Fuck that. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. that's the way that I felt like that's, that's, I, you know, anybody that was, that was worshiping or bowing to this thing or like, you know, worshiping God or praying to God, uh, just like, you're, you're crazy, you know, this thing, you, you, and then you see like the people that are doing that are so invested in war and conflict and yeah, like, like I just, yeah, your God is asleep at the wheel. Yeah. No, yeah. no one's paying attention down here. Yeah. Yeah. And then less of little of all would he care about me, yeah. you know, as like there's just billions of us out here. Like you think he's listening to me. Mm. Um, so I had like a real like I was just actually really angry at the whole thing and and didn't trust it. But it, but I was still very interested as soon as I learned about psilocybin and, and DMT. Um, I, I started exploring those things mm -hmm. and I was faced with the, the most terrible darkness. Like I was faced with also beauty and light. Yeah. I was, I was finding that when I would go through the darkness, then I would like discover 
such bliss on the other end of it. Like if I could hold strong, like if I could stay calm through it, or if I would just go through tough times. So that was what my trips were like. I would just go through really tough times. And at the other end of it would be just incredible bliss and beauty. And mm. I would have days and days afterwards where I was just glowing and I could do anything. Like everything seemed simple and easy for, for days. Like I would have this afterglow of creative highs and nothing could you know anything could happen to me people could say anything they wanted to me nothing would affect me and, and I would just like wow like this is really cool um and I, I just ended up I, I would I, I would describe it as like I when I would do these psychedelic journeys <clears throat> and when I started doing them too I uh, Terrence McKenna was my was my guy like he, and he's the one who he he's the one that always was just talking about how most people the problem with the psychedelics is they're not doing it's not that they're doing too much it's they're doing far too little doses and so I was really following his his guidance and I was doing these really like heroic they call it heroic doses which mm. is interesting too because it if you're doing heroic doses you're going to go on a hero's journey you're going to you're going to see all of the drag, you know, you're going to see a dragon, you're going to have to overcome the dragon, you're going to have to be heroic and brave, and you're going to get um, a gift boon from the god and you're going to the ideas that you're supposed to bring that back. And I really started seeing my life as an artist as this is what artists are supposed to do. Mm. We're supposed to go out into the darkness, we're supposed to face our fears and our demons and, and go off into the wilderness of the unknown and bring something back for other people to see and to spark some sort of um, waking, you know, like I think artists similar to, um, I saw this, this old show, it was on HBO, it's called Carnival. The Carnival, last episode, okay. Carnival. Yeah, it was about this sideshow, uh, traveling sideshow in the early days. The last episode, um, one of the characters said, um, said, they ended it somewhere like something along the lines of this. It's like, the world is sleepwalking and we come to wake them up, you know? So like mm -hmm. this small town doesn't ever see anything interesting, always doing the same thing over and over, just stuck in a trance. And then all of a sudden, this this traveling carnival show of sideshow freaks and, you know, bearded women and, you know, people that can lift incredible amounts of weight and, and you know, all this kind of stuff. And then for a second, they're just awake, paying attention in the present moment, like, wow. So I feel like that's what an artist is supposed to do. You're supposed mm -hmm. to go out, you know, find this, this, these things unknown, these, these strange new worlds and then come back and share it. And then for a minute, somebody is looking at what you did and they, they have a, a minute of waking up from the trance and mm -hmm. thinking maybe there's more to this life than I thought, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you for that chair. Mm. Carnival. Uh, maybe, maybe I should watch that. Yeah, it was cool. I was really hooked on it back in the that was like when DVDs would come in the mail. My wife oh, and I yeah, would yeah, like yeah. wait for the DVD and then watch <laughs> it and then wait for the next one. Um uh but I guess at the end of that whole story is what I have now is I have a complete full 100% faith trust in the universe and I mm. think God is love. So yeah. <laughs> well, that's an uh, incredible place to be. Yeah. yeah, that's what that's what gives me the courage of, of being in these spiritual realms or going deep into meditation. You know, Yogananda says that the only thing that that um, 
stands in the way of us and divinity is our spiritual unadventurousness. So the more adventurous we are in physical life and in our meditations, if we're unafraid of what's behind the dark, because it's really, it's like that Sesame Street book. You flip through the whole thing and at the end, it's a, it's a mirror and it says the only monster in this book is you, you know, I don't know if you've seen that, the Grover. (laughs) I remember that as a kid, you know, it's like, there's a monster at the end of this story. Don't turn the page. Don't turn the page. And then it's just like a little mirror at the yes, end. And it's yes. like the only monster is you. Yeah. And that's really what you learn is that you're the only one holding the keys that are keeping you locked in your prison. Yeah. You're the only one that is um, seeing the world in this way. And that's why it is this way. Yeah. So yeah. you can free yourself. And then you, and I practice in my meditation, freeing everybody. I'm always, at the end, I get into a, like a state of feeling bliss and love. And then I sit and then I share it with the entire world. Any, any receptive hearts that could feel it at that moment, I imagine them getting this sense of well-being and love and, and light washing over them and becoming more peaceful, more loving, more harmonious. Know the the plants and the animals and the oceans and the rivers and the lakes and I, and I keep moving it back in my mind until I just see Mother Earth like floating in space with this yeah. iridescent rainbow light around her and she's just glowing and healing you know and that, we have that. to allow the world to heal and to glow or else it's gonna go exactly the way we think it's gonna go <laughs> yes and I think um, if you're conscious of that. Um, you know, if you're conscious of that in, in, in your own life, then you become that for everybody else around you. So meaning that, um, you know, if I can find a way to be proud of m- the way that I wake up every morning and I perceive the world, the way that I interact with it, you know, the, the way that I, um, you know, um, find productivity every day and, and bring meaning to, to my time and, and what I'm doing, then that will will create something within you that's extremely positive and it, and and it can it will emit that to every relationship that you have in your life whether it's with your spouse or with your children or with your friends or coworkers you know if you are are you if you're engaging in an activity that's not like a dopamine kind of hit meaning that like i don't go and i don't the, the way that i feel isn't determined by whether or not I hit it big at the slots and at the slot machine today at the casino. Um, I think that's, that's that dopamine hit, you know, you get a lot of money, you're going to come back and treat everyone like a million bucks. You lose a lot of money. Everyone's an enemy. Everyone's wasting your time. Everyone's, you know, becoming very irritating all of a sudden. Um, I think that um, you're gambling with, if you're gambling with your energy every day, then you're gambling with everyone else's around you. But if you have a focused approach to doing things that I, that, that I think bring light to this world, it brings light to your life. And then you bring light to other people's lives. And I think that might be kind of, you know, maybe the secret to, you know, um, creating the kind of journey that you'd be proud of. Yeah, man, that's, yeah, that's, that's it. it and that follows right in line with this, this, this Joseph Campbell hero's journey ideas. You, you go out, you, you do because what it takes to get to a place in your life where you're actually doing you know spending your time um, investing your time in things that are actually going to bring you true fulfillment contentment in life um, that are in harmony with 
your dharma, what you're meant to, that your soul wants to do, what you came yeah. here to do, yeah. and you're doing more and more of those things, it, and how much it takes actually to even figure that out, what it is of those things. And then when you actually start doing those things, yeah, like you get to come back and share that light that you have, that perspective, that positivity, that creativity with every, you get to bless everybody that you come into contact with. Yeah, yeah. It's tangible. Like I know, like when I'm around people like that, I feel different. Like I feel uplifted that <clears throat> when I didn't have friends like that and I tuned into podcasts and books and stories, I was remembering this week about how ravenous I used to be about finding new authors and new ideas and people that could spark something like new and exciting in my mind. And yeah. I just was like, I loved that. So I love just, yeah, like hearing people talk about um, new, fresh ideas or ways to approach life. And I think that's something so valuable that, you know, we're doing with this podcast is I love that we've made it a weekly commitment because it just like, okay, every week, something's got to happen. Yeah. Uh, there's, you know, we got to keep sitting in front of this thing. Like, <clears throat> let's just keep this thing going. So even if we don't feel ready, we have to like do it anyway. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't feel like I, I am. I heard there's a podcaster that I really like called Noah Lampert. He's got a, a podcast called Synchronicity. Mm. And um, he stopped doing it for a while just because it, it started to feel like too much like work, like there's this obligation. So he was always like, whenever it starts feeling like work, I'm going to not do it. Right. Um, which that also makes a lot of sense. Um, you don't want it to feel like an obligation where you're like, okay, I got to do this robotically, even if I don't feel the inspiration, but right. instead, okay, we've got to do it every week. I've got to do the things during the week to uh, bring inspiration. I got to, yeah. I got to have something to share. I have yeah. to tune in daily, ask to be a channel for something to come through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I think it, um, I love the fact that we get to share this with everybody. And personally, it, it's, um, it, it, I'm inspired after these conversations, you know, it's therapeutic and um, mm. it's, um, it's informative and it's reassuring. And, you know, everybody just needs the reminder sometimes, even if you're on the right road, sometimes it's nice to get the gentle encouragement at the end of the day. And um, there's another great quote. It says, if, even if you're on the right road, if you stop and stand there, eventually you're going to get run over. So you always kind of have to keep <laughs> moving forward. Uh, and I, like I think that that's kind of what this podcast is for me. It's uh, regardless of how my week is, you know, you, you got to take another step in the right direction. Keep going forward. Yeah. It does. I heard one. It said, it doesn't matter how slow you go. Just don't stop. Yes. Yes. That's exactly <laughs> right. 